For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Lindsey Jones, our athletic NFL writer, about the four divisional games this weekend. Some would call it the best NFL weekend of the season. I'm partial to week one. I also do love me some wild card weekend. But this weekend, all the teams that were on by are playing, or all two of them at least. You'll get Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes begin their quest for their second Super Bowl rings. Also, the division between the young quarterbacks in the AFC versus the old timers in the NFC. All stuff we can talk about with Lindsey Jones, who joins me next. It's Friday, January 15th. It is always a pleasure when we can talk to Lindsay Jones of The Athletic. She, of course, covers the NFL for The Athletic, and you can hear her on The Athletic Football Show. Also follow her on Twitter at by Lindsay H. Jones. Lindsay, welcome back to The Update. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm buzzing for some football this weekend. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the, the new format? The six games, seven teams in each conference. Yeah, I mean, I think there was a little bit of concern going into it of, okay, if we expand the field, is that going to add some more bad teams? Is that going to make more bad wildcard matchups? But, you know, I thought actually all of the games were really compelling. I think the one game that was kind of a clunker was Saints-Bears because, you know, the Bears offense is terrible. But (laughs) I watched that game on Nickelodeon and I was super into it. You know, I watched it with my four-year-old. So I thought at least I was entertained, even though the quality of football wasn't quite as high as the other games. But I think all of the other games had really compelling storylines. You know, I think the Bills-Colts game really kind of set a good tone for the rest of the weekend. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was a good weekend. Year in, year out, I think we are going to end up with some you know, bad games in the wild card round. But I think that's how it's all kind of always been. And when there were two buys, that left out two really good teams previously. So, you know, maybe you're getting one more better team that's going to play play earlier in the playoffs than we were getting previously. So, you know, I think this year it all worked out actually pretty well. I mean, the the way that the regular season shook out, there were a ton of clinching scenarios going into week 16 that didn't happen. So it made week 17 actually very relevant. And there were very few games that didn't matter in week 17. I mean, the Chiefs were really the only team that rested all of their starters. I mean, obviously, the, the Steelers rested Ben Roethlisberger. But, you know, a lot of times you see a lot of teams that'll rest their starters heading into the postseason, and we didn't have that. So I thought Wildcard Weekend was really good. Um, I loved the variety of broadcasts. And now we're setting up for my favorite weekend of NFL football. Divisional round is always the best weekend. I think the matchups are great, and we have the best quarterbacks. I think there's a really compelling storyline with every single game, if not multiple, multiple storylines. So I think this weekend is really kind of laid out almost as best as possible. It is funny that uh, that it, traditionally, I'm with you, divisional weekend is usually the best weekend of the year because you get those top seeds that generally step back into play. And you mentioned the great quarterbacks. And usually if you're a top seed, you've got a great quarterback. And we'll see Patrick Mahomes this weekend. But I do think that going forward, if we're going to have those six games wildcard weekend, it's going to take a little bit of the hit, I think, from divisional weekend because you're only going to have the four games. Nonetheless, I'm excited about it. And you mentioned the quarterback play, which I think is maybe a good place to jump off here. I saw this note the other day and, and Baker Mayfield in his media session this week and, and had to answer this question. He is the oldest quarterback remaining in the AFC. He's only in his third year. How crazy is that? It's really wild. I mean, when you look at the NFC bracket versus the AFC bracket, where in the NFC we have, you know, Brady and Breeze, who are going to be a combined 85 years old. Drew Breeze, his birthday is on Friday, turning 42. So we've got, you know, the two oldest quarterbacks 
to play at a high level ever. You know, it's the oldest quarterback matchup ever. Plus Aaron Rodgers, who's obviously now into his later 30s. And then you throw in Jared Goff, who obviously is a younger guy, but more experienced. He's older than any of the guys in the other bracket in terms of how long he's been in the NFL. So you flip over the AFC and it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's, Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen and yeah and Baker the oldest guy in that bracket so it's it's just really exciting to kind of see the real changing of the guard with these young quarterbacks and there are some more awesome young quarterbacks in the AFC that aren't even in this field you know Deshaun Watson would normally be playing in this round if the Texans hadn't you know, completely imploded this year and become one of the NFL's laughing stocks. But yeah, it's it's just really funny the way that the brackets broke that those are the four quarterbacks, the four old guys, and then the four really young guys. Yeah, it, it is sort of fun. And, and sticking on just sort of the Baker uh, against the Chiefs thought, he's been in a shootout with them before. He's gotten into it with Andy Reid before going back and forth. I'm just wondering, you know, Patrick Mahomes, and maybe we think too much about this. There's the rest versus rust thing. I think back to a couple of years ago when the Rams first had their their sort of burst on the scene performance before they went to the Super Bowl. And I remember Sean McVay sitting his guys week 17. They had a bye in the wild card round, and then they get into the division round. I want to say they got bounced out of the playoffs. And Patrick Mahomes is heading into a situation where it would be so easy to think, boy, they sat him two weeks in a row or he had the bye week and he sat week 17. He, could he come in rusty? There's also the belief that they could just show up and, and drop 50 on almost anybody. What do you think about Patrick Mahomes against Baker Mayfield this weekend? Yeah, I mean, he's gotten two bye weeks, which is wild. And then, you know, the Browns are coming in where he, they had basically two weeks without practicing. They had to play games each <laughs> no of those coach, weeks. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, they actually have practiced this week, which, you know, novel idea, right? To get out and actually work with your guys. And they should be close to full strength. The expectation is that they should be getting Joel Batonio back. You know, they already got a couple of their cornerbacks back off of the COVID list who didn't play last week. So we're going to see the Browns as they should be constructed with actual practice time. And yeah, I mean, you know, Baker Mayfield is not going to be intimidated by this matchup. I mean, he's been playing against Patrick Mahomes going back to college. I mean, the two of those guys faced off in one of the most epic, high-scoring, ridiculous college football games ever, where they combined for more than 1,700 passing yards in a Texas Tech-Oklahoma game. Just this ridiculous, amazing game. So, you know, he's not going to be intimidated, understands what sort of offense he's facing on the other side. But what intrigues me about that game is, you know, stylistically, the way that the Browns want to play and the way that they're built follows the blueprint of what you have to do to try to keep up with the Chiefs. And it's trying to take possessions away from Patrick Mahomes. It's, you know, it's running the ball a lot. But we know what happens when the Chiefs are in close games. They win those games. They do not lose close games. It just does not happen. They either win in a blowout or they win in a close game. So that's the way to keep it close. But that's really playing with fire when you're going against the Chiefs where you know that late in games, they're just this other gear that kicks in for Mahomes and Reed and their play calling. And that if it's close within the two minute warning, it's almost right lately, right for the last year and a half or so, it's felt pretty guaranteed of what's going to happen. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. I'm sitting here in downtown San Francisco, and, and people here don't want to hear about that final drive of the game, Patrick Mahomes, right? People people here don't want to hear how good Patrick Mahomes is with the ball in his hands at the end of the game, but they're looking like they could be cruising back to a Super Bowl if they can get past Baker and one more AFC championship, and they'd be on their way. It would be a third straight AFC championship game appearance for the Chiefs also. To the other AFC game this weekend, this is the game that I'm most intrigued by. I think this is the most exciting game of the weekend. We could have a snow game here. You've got Lamar Jackson up against Josh Allen of the Bills, two of the most exciting 
exciting teams in football. It's kind of a toss for me just because if it's inclement weather and they're going to have to run the ball, I feel like Josh Allen on the ground is a threat. He can beat you. He can get creative moving outside of the pocket. Lamar Jackson is obviously one of the best athletes in the game and they're a running team. What do you make of this matchup? I just actually answered a question kind of right in line with this in my mailbag that'll be published on The Athletic on Friday, um, because I also think that this is potentially the most entertaining game of the weekend, because I think it has such a high potential for like an, oh my God, did you see that viral moment from either of the quarterbacks, but also a really high chance of the like, oh my God, I can't believe he did that likelihood from both of those quarterbacks. So, you know, I just think from like a watchability standpoint, it's really interesting. And, you know, these are just two really well-built teams, well-coached teams. The inclement mother, I think, would favor Buffalo, although they now have lost one of their running backs. Zach Moss is not going to be available anymore after he suffered a season-ending ankle injury last week. So, you know, it's going to be Devin Singletary. It's going to be Josh Allen. And, uh, you know, I still think they're going to find a way to get Stefan Diggs the ball a lot, even if it's snowing there in Buffalo. But I just think that's the game that I have the hardest time kind of predicting because the Ravens were so hot to end the regular season. The Bills, so hot. I mean, the way that they stomped Miami in week 17 when they had their backups in the game, like you could just tell that there's something, they kind of have that special it factor to them right now. And, you know, there were a lot of reasons that they shouldn't have won that game last week against the Colts, but good teams, teams that are have something special going on with them, they win those games. They figure out how to, you know, get it done in the fourth quarter. And Josh Allen and the Bills seem to have that going for them. So if I had to pick right now, I think I'd pick the Bills, but I am super excited for that matchup. If we ask you again this weekend, you might change your mind. You might go the other way, just depending on when we catch you. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think it's going to be the Bills. But luckily, I mean, I don't have to publish my picks anywhere. I leave that to my four-year-old with her picks. Check that out on my Twitter feed later. But yeah, I mean, I think I'm leaning towards the Bills. You get the home game. They do finally have fans back in their stadium. And I think that, you know, they're just kind of putting something special together in Buffalo right now. I guess the one fear is like, and I don't know if if this means anything to anybody, but you always wonder, like, did a team peak at the wrong time, right? Did they get hot at the wrong time? The hope for them, I guess, is that they can keep it going against the Ravens. But the Ravens this past weekend showed that they could fall behind by two scores and still come back. First time that happened for them this year. Uh, You said that this was the most difficult game for you to handicap or or to to try to pick a, a winner or pick a side, which begs the question, I guess, who do you have in the Tampa Bay New Orleans game? That's the Sunday night cap. That's the one we'll all be looking at before we go to work on Monday. Where are you on the, on Tom Brady versus Breeze? It's really interesting, right? Because the, you know, the Saints swept the regular season series, you know, kind of the old adage, right, is that it's really hard to beat a team three times in the same season. And the way that those teams played down the stretch, I mean, the Bucks were much better. I'm really nervous about the way that the Bucks defense has played lately, especially the way that they played against Tyler Heineke and uh, in Washington last week. You know, I'm start- getting a little nervous about what that might mean when you play a Saints team that is back to full strength now. You know, they have Mike Thomas back. They have Alvin Kamara back. Those are the two most important skill position players on their roster. Sorry, Taysom Hill. But they have played almost no snaps together in the regular season. So, you know, when you talk about teams peaking, I think the Saints are one of the most complete teams in the NFL from top to bottom. I think their defense is built really well to match up against the Bucks, And, you know, now they're back at uh, full strength offensively, and that could be really, really dangerous. So I think they're a team that might that we haven't even seen them peak yet. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's the weapons that are intriguing to me, and you saw them at full strength last week, and they just looked. I know the Bears' defense made it a little bit difficult, but they really got clicking when they came out in the second half, and them playing at home is just such a different beast, and Tom Brady in the playoffs and always getting three points. I just That's the one factor for me. It's almost the Tom Brady intangible that makes me wonder. It feels like he's been playing much better over the last few weeks, so we'll see what happens on Sunday night. Then the game I feel like everybody's just kind of forgetting about. Aaron Rodgers is usually going to step on the field at Lambeau and, you know, 15-degree weather or whatever it is in January and cruise into another NFC championship? Yeah, I mean, I don't think cruise into an NFC championship because I think the most one of the most interesting kind of just like coaching matchups or, you know, schematic, if you want to get really into the tape and stuff, matchups of the weekend is Brandon Staley and the Rams defense against Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, just the creativity, the innovation that we're seeing on both sides of the ball with both of those specific units. You know, we'll probably get a lot of Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams, which is, you know, an incredibly fun matchup. We're going to get Aaron Donald, who has a rib injury. He's practicing. He's going to play. Aaron Donald is not missing this game. He's never missed a game because of injury in his career, and it's not going to start this week. But will he will he be hampered at all by this these sore ribs? So yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a given. I just think what we've seen out of the Rams offense recently and the weather challenges, you know, Jared Goff with a, you know his thumb still recovering. It sounds like he will be the quarterback this weekend, and let, you know, barring a pretty significant setback. John Wolford is actually not even going to be active. He's already been ruled out of Saturday's game. So, you know, Jared Goff with a surgically repaired thumb in really cold weather. They haven't been scoring a ton of points. This isn't the 2018 Rams. You know, if the Rams are going to win, it's going to be because of their suffocating defense and forcing some turnovers and strip sacks or interceptions. So I like the Packers' chances in that, but I think it's going to be a really, really interesting kind of strength versus strength matchup with Rodgers and company against that Rams defense. Before I let you go, we were talking just sort of briefly earlier about Nickelodeon. I saw you tweeting about the Nickelodeon game and your kids enjoying it. I don't know about you. I got to the national championship Monday night. They were scoring touchdowns. I'm like, where's the slime? Have there been conversations about doing more of that? Or do we know if that's coming back? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be. I mean, it was it was certainly a trial. You know, they wanted to see how it went, but I think it exceeded everybody's expectations. You know, yeah, the, the ratings were really good. They had it was about two million viewers, thirty million viewers total for that game, which like that should have been the stinker of the game, but it was it was really well watched on CBS and also two million viewers on Nickelodeon, which made it, I believe, Nickelodeon's highest rated broadcast in four years or most watched broadcast in four years. So it went over really well. So as the NFL and all of their media partners are negotiating the next round of TV deals, I would definitely expect that we'll see more of it. I think logistically to pull it off, it's not something that you could do every single week, but I would expect that it's something that they're going to continue to do moving forward. And, you know, it might open up other avenues, other potential audiences that they want to reach. But reaching out directly to kids, I think, was brilliant. And finding other streams that are going to appeal to a different audience and, make the game a little bit more relatable. Um, I think I, I think that's only a good thing. So we enjoyed it. I was actually like disappointed to get to the Sunday night game where I was like, I just have Collinsworth and Michaels. That's it. That's my only option. I don't get I don't get another potential like mega cast feed or some some right. graphics or a, you know, teenagers on the sidelines. But yeah, it was it was really fun. And um, my daughter doesn't even watch SpongeBob. She's four, but she definitely got a kick out of it. She called it the cartoon broadcast. So that's fantastic. She'll probably also be disappointed it. this weekend when there's no cartoons or slime. It's like Major League Baseball. Wake up. You know what I mean? You want to get young fans. It's the way to do it. Clearly, they're, they're paving away for stuff like this. So Lindsay, thanks so much. We'll catch up with you again this offseason. Great. Thanks so much for having me. 
Always fun when we can catch up with Lindsay Jones. Again, give her a follow at by Lindsay H. Jones on Twitter. And uh, make sure you give the Athletic Football Show a listen as well. They do a great job with that. And we've got four more games ahead of us this weekend. Of course, it all gets going on Saturday. And then two more to cap it off starting on Sunday afternoon, ending with Tom Brady against Drew Brees, the Sunday night special, third time they're meeting this year. Thank you to Lindsay, thank you to Bryant, and thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is that you're listening. On Monday, we're going to talk to Joe Varden, who covers the NBA for The Athletic. He had a great piece last week about what's going on in Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving not showing up to play basketball. They're now bringing in James Harden. How is all that going to work with the addition of Kevin Durant coming back from the injury this season? We'll talk to Joe Varden about it on Monday. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll talk to you then.